previously, previously on the Game On Podcast. I think too, let's face it, as a South Australian, we're sort of craving out for a couple of our teams, you know, in something. Yes. Basketball, soccer, football, whatever you want to call yep. it either way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sheffield Shield, as we know, South Australia in that regard. And yes. So there's there's a bit of frustration as a as a South Aussie and come on guys, we want something. Yes. And I and I think the supporters have been patient for long enough. I think now's the time that they want to see something. Yeah, the uh, Adelaide 36ers, let's, let's get behind them and hopefully uh, can fill out the Entertainment Centre and really bring home a big couple of wins in the next couple of weeks. To quote John Kennedy, do something. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Malcolm, that was from last week's episode. Obviously, we were talking uh, pretty seriously about, you know, obviously wanting a bit of success in SA here. Yeah, and geez, uh, what's happened with the Adelaide 36ers since? It's, uh, yeah, it turns out there was a bit of ironry in that uh, conversation, really. Around the grounds. And mate, on today's episode, we're going to have a little bit of a, a talk about the AFLW finals, the World Cup cricket, which is currently being played at the moment, and a bit of the pressure test for the co- some of the coaches around the AFL as well. But today, mate, we uh, we kick off with the Adelaide 36ers, which is what we were just uh, talking about with the intro. Yeah, what an extraordinary week. Look, it's obviously a, you know, more, more and more things have come out since, and it's certainly far from a happy camp. thing with Randall that, you know, Let's face it, normally this gun superstar player, any sport, gets given a fair bit more leg room, but it sounds like the rest of the players went and said, hey, he goes, he goes, or we're all going. Yeah. There was a few things there that have been reported. A very, very, very good basketballer in Corey Homicide Williams there had a bit of a chat with him and said, hey, pull your head in a little bit. And, you know, it wasn't as if he was warned about the uh, the situation that was going on. It also sounds like the 36ers, you know, did they do their due diligence on what was going on? It sounds like they did a little bit, but try to give him the benefit of the doubt. You've got to question the due diligence. Like, you know, that sort of thing doesn't just all of a sudden happen. Um, there's certainly no doubt of his ability. He showed that, especially in the game, you know, the famous game in America. Yep. But, yeah, real questions about him as a teammate, et cetera. Yep. Uh, listening to Brett Maher talk about this situation, I think it was yesterday on radio, he sort of thought that basically it was going to help the team aspect and, and just a shuffling of, of, of a couple of players around. Uh, yes, his scoring power is big, but you know if he's chewing up a lot of time with the ball and not bringing other players into the game, it does does hurt. Well, there was one game. I think he like stats wise on number of points on the surface it looked alright. Then it came out. Hang on, he shot six from twenty two or something yeah. like that. So yeah, yeah, and, and obviously now they need to recruit one. Hold, hold, or buy one now. 
think that'll be decided pretty quick. They, yeah. If they lose the next couple, they'll get yeah, I'd say quick. within four games yeah. that they'll either have got their lineup settled or they'll be looking for yeah, it for big time for it. AFL footy, the magic round, mate. It seems like it's coming to Adelaide. I think it's all but signed off, according to the AFL, and it's been reported in the papers that it's going to happen. Obviously, what some of the games might look like, um, you know, it could be Geelong and Melbourne at Adelaide Oval on the Thursday night to open things, Bulldogs and Collingwood, St Kilda and Carlton, Crows and Port as a showdown. Yep. Great, great weekend. Um, the one I'm really interested in is probably the two or three that might be outside of the Adelaide Oval. Um, Fremantle and Gold Coast at the parade. Well, you know, I think the parade's the obvious ground. I, look, I know we're Nord supporters, but the fact that you can you can hot it's just over 11,000 we're allowed. You've got some more seating at Nord than anywhere else. Yep. I just think Nord's the logical ground, especially also if it becomes a night game with Nord's updated lights, which are reportedly as good as Adelaide Oval. So that probably gives Nord a bit more of a... And it's that intimate feel, isn't it, for for an AFL footy game? Yes, the ground's a touch smaller than what you would like, but at the end of the day, uh, footy ground's a footy ground. It's got goals at each end, so it's a good challenge for those players. Yeah, and look, for me, maybe if you're looking at at, at Alberton or Richmond, yeah, the surface, ground size, yeah, a little bit, but I think Nord... Beats it in every other aspect. Yep. Yeah. Another game uh, out, out to the Barossa, uh, possibly an Essendon and GWS has has been mooted as, yeah. as possible. I think that's great for the state as well, uh, getting out into the country regions for at least one or one or one or two games. Oh, look, it's going to be fascinating to see how it goes, and fascinating how many people come into the state. The you know the government's obviously you know Peter Malinowskis has pushed for this big time. Yep. So the, the government's taking a risk, but you know it may pay off big time. That was probably my next question. You know, how many people are going to attend? Is it more of a, a round for spectators? Obviously, the Adelaide Oval turning over games basically every day for five days or four days could be well, it's the a understanding challenge. too is there'll be no football played anywhere else in Adelaide that weekend. That it'll be a buy and all in every other you know, country footy, yep. um, amateur league. Yep. League footy, no, nothing else played. So yep. uh, they're you know, ticking all the boxes yeah. so far. So uh, I think that's going to be announced in the next couple of days. Or I hope it's going to be announced in the next couple of days, and certainly uh, a big tick for for SA to get that that uh, magic round up and about. If it, it certainly it's it's a little bit of a worry that it's taken this long to actually confirm it, but it keeps being said it is happening. So we can only go by all the reports. Correct. All right, mate, we'll move on to Australian cricket, test cricket and uh, one-day selections. Look, the selection for the test side, um, I think there's only one query, and that's Harris, whether they went for Harris or Renshaw, personally. Um, for mine, I still think the bowlers pick themselves. Whether you Stark, Stark's, Stark spot's got to be under threat a little bit, mm-hmm. but we did win the Ashes last year, etc. here. Yes, Nessa... And a couple others, uh, you know, Skekety, Skekety from yep. Queensland. Yes. Um, they're probably around the mark, but and Jai Richardson needs some more cricket in his body coming back from injury uh, is the other one. But I, I've got Harris or Renshaw. Personally, I would like to have seen him go Renshaw for the long-term selection. Henry Hunt's got to make some more runs to be around the mark as well. Yep. Uh, you know, Warner's spot can't be guaranteed for too much longer. Yep. But... Overall, I thought 
I thought it was a reasonably obvious test side pick. Sure. Obviously, Alex Carey and uh, Travis Head from South Australia in, in the squad. Um, can we see them batting up the order a little bit? Oh, I think I think Travis. I think Travis will stay at five, and Kez will be at seven. Yep. Um, look, Travis hasn't started the year very. Travis's season so far for the Redbacks has been pretty disappointing. So there's a bit of pressure there, but he did have some runs in the bank. Let's remember he did win Player of the Year last year. Yeah. So he he's got some runs on the board there for mine. And the one day selections, any any surprises there? Yeah, not not really personally. Um. Again, you could say, well, could we have gone for a bit more youth? Maybe, but I, I've got no real gripes. Sure. And and obviously with the World Cup uh, being on at the moment, do you, do you think the, the Australian public are a little bit fatigued of cricket already? Yeah, I think so. It's also, I don't think we're big 2020 people. I think they cooked the golden goose here. They made the big bash. They got greedy, played 85,615 games. And cook the golden goose. And I think we've really then have renegade on that. Look, there's some Australians really still the Langer bit. They're still aiming the ball tampering. But for mine, it's more just too many games. Yeah, yeah agreed. I think, you know, the fatigue that has, has been shown in the last couple of games in the World Cup, especially, uh, you know, with a couple of those smaller nations getting through, it's probably put everybody off cricket for a little bit. And also, you know, around the country, I mean, it's been pouring rain everywhere. Yeah. Floods everywhere. It's not really summer yet, so people haven't quite kicked into the shorts thong and thongs and and cricket type of mentality at the moment. But I think we did enjoy with this World Cup, the twenty twenty, with the you know the Netherlands having some wins, Bangladesh being compared being more than competitive. So I think there's been some good stuff there. We'll cover that a little bit later, mate. Beautiful. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. So. AFL, AFL footy, the AFLW finals, Pete. Yeah, mate. Obviously, the first round of the finals kicked off for the the women's footy last weekend. Adelaide were quite competitive early on and, and looked like they might actually uh, just take it up to Melbourne, but Melbourne stepped up another gear and uh, unfortunately got us in the end. Yeah, kicked first three goals of the game and thought, hey, hang on. They're right up and about. about. Yep. But yeah, fell away a little bit. Melbourne probably a little bit more depth. Um Collingwood this weekend without Chelsea Randall. Yeah, I was um, going to mention that uh, late late out this afternoon. So yeah, it's yeah all of a sudden. So I reckon uh, the uh, the great man Steve Simmons wouldn't have been upset getting that news, that news through to, the, today. Yep, and and they're playing at uh, Unley Oval three ten on Saturday afternoon. So yeah, a bit of a tough time slot slot for for here in Adelaide. Cricket season, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> there you Cricket, go. Bowls, bowls, bowls tennis. You know. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it is. Um, it is summer sport. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, because of the World Cup uh, cricket, there are grounds unavailable, and you know, Richmond are probably a classic example here of not being able to play at a ground where they can probably cater for a few more people. Oh, Nord, Nord as well with the, the lights being done at the moment put Nord out of action. I, I think the game probably would have been at Nord. Yep. But I do let's Sturt Sturt have got a massive tick. Sue Dewing and what the Sturt crowd and all that do out there, trust me, the Adelaide Crows are absolutely wrapped absolutely. with with the Sturt football club. I've been involved with Sturt through some of their home games through through my business and and they've always looked after me out there and it's it's a good oval for that family atmosphere yeah. and, and obviously that's what they're going for. Yep. 
congrats to the uh, four players from uh, SA that have been selected uh, for the All Australian squad at this stage. We find out obviously next week who, who is in the in the team. Yeah, quite a large squad. So um, yeah, was it Chelsea, Randall, um, Hatchard, yes, Marinoff. And there's one other that I've just uh, not put down on my list there, but uh, apologies there. But uh, yeah, certainly, uh, you know, congratulations to those players and we hope that a couple of them get selections. Uh, mate, we'll, we'll go back to cricket. We, we talked about it a little bit in one of our last segments, but that was more about the Australian cricket team. But the World Cup, some surprise defeats along the way. I think it's been great. You know, like... South Africa getting beaten by the Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah. Tom Cooper, Tom Cooper got a, got thirty five in that game. You know, with New Zealand, Pakistan, Bang, as we said before, Bangladesh. So, okay, the shorter form of the game does create that probably a little bit more yep. chance for an upset than the longer version. But you know, Zimbabwe have been you know. Improved as well. Hopefully, the gap's closing. Yep. Overall, we'll just wait and see. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about it from an Australian point of view, and it's great to see some of those minnow countries do really, really well. But you know what went wrong? I mean, we talked about it a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but now that it's done and dusted, Australia are out, not making a final. Oh, look! I think they were a bit soft. Didn't didn't make the hard call. I thought Finch, you know, Finch was gone a year or so ago. I, you know that that they consistently went to. Where Cummins should not have been a certain selection, his figures in twenty twenty don't indicate that. Stark has has yeah. a pretty good uh, yeah, record. I, I thought there was a few, and I would have gone with it. Used Agar far more often. The mm-hmm. left arm orthodox, his figures demand that. He's uh, very impressive. I think he's Australia's most economical bowler over the last eighteen months. Yep. I, yeah, I think the selections were uh, more than questionable. Sure, and and you know who wins from here? I mean, we've uh, we. We've seen Pakistan get over Bangladesh in the previous round. We're currently looking at our screens at the moment. India 6 for 168 and England at the moment are none for 64. Off 6. Off so 6 away. over, so they're, they're definitely on their way. Hypothesise a little bit here and say England gets through playing Pakistan on Sunday. Who's your pick, mate? Oh, look, Pakistan have got the X factor. You just never know what they're going to, what they're going to do. If I'm forced to make a tip... I actually said England before the start of the tournament. Yes. I'm still with England. I, I, I like a Cinderella story, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Pakistan yeah, on this occasion. Worry. And Maddie Maddie Hayden's been in their camp and and providing um, some valuable expertise. Yeah, and he's an interesting hussy and and that involved with England. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so footy coaches under pressure, mate. Go for it. Uh, look, it's something that we've we've looked at before. Now we'll quickly go over. Uh, Hinkley and Nix. We've we've done Hinkley a couple of times. Yep. Matty Nix. Um, we know Hinkley's probably in the gun a little bit, but they've recruited pretty well, so we'll see how that plays out. I think Matty Nix is still in that development phase. He looks like he has the players' attention, so I think it's a just a little bit of pressure, but they're improving in- incrementally. They look like they're following some of the other teams that have bottomed out, so to speak, and and, and gutted pretty hard. I think it's a wait and see on Matty. I, I'm a I'm a fan of his. I think he engages with his players better than than some other coaches that have that have been around. And I think he's a he's a warming up one. But I think uh, you know in the furnace is is is, is yeah. Hinkley. Um, I've got Luke Beveridge, uh, Adam Simpson, and, and Stewie Jew probably in that hottest category as well. Yeah, I think that's it's hard to dispute. There seems to be 
you know, the 2016 Premiership with the Bulldogs, probably the goodwill from that. You know, it is six, seven years later, you know, seven years later now. So that there's probably been, I think, looked at Western Bulldogs list and thought, yeah, they probably could have done a bit, you know, a bit better. So the pressure's there. West Coast falling right away, you know, to the point where they were largely uncompetitive last year. They were only, you know, saved by North Melbourne being terrible as well. The yep. It's actually unusual to have two teams which were putrid. Yes. Um, Drew, yeah, he probably needs to get Gold Coast. You know, there was some improvement, but he probably needs to be a bit more and get him through yep. to a final. They've, again, incrementally yeah. improved over the last few years. Yes, they've lost size at Rangan, but they get King back. You know, that does help. And they've got... They seem to have a really good nucleus. I'd like, for Stewie personally, I'd like to see him uh, be kept at, at Gold Coast because I think he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, on the warming up side of things, Hardwick, Goodwin and Fagan. Yeah, I, I probably think Hardwick, three premierships. I, I reckon they'll probably let him go. He, he can make his own call on that. So yep. I, I probably don't think he's under threat. Yep. Look, Simon, while Melbourne only won the flag, you know, flag a couple of years ago, I think we looked at their list last year and thought, yeah... At the start, I think we all thought, well, oh, it's Melbourne by playing far. and playing someone else. Yes. So, yeah, that that was a bit of a surprise. And, you know, we'd all thought Geelong too old and in the end the old too old too good. Yep. Um, Fagan, yeah, with Brisbane, same thing. Recruited for the now. Ashcroft, does he become the cream on top? Yeah. So they're, they're certainly under pressure. that They probably haven't done quite enough in finals. Yep. You know, they had the grand yes. the year where the grand final was in Brisbane. Yeah, you know, that was so. Yeah, I think there's a bit of pressure there. And yep. ice cool at the moment. Uh, Longmuir, Longmire, and McRae. Yeah, yep. uh, you know McRae did a fantastic job yeah. with Collingwood last year. I think Longmuir actually did really, really well at Frio, and and jo- Josh Carr obviously had a little bit of input there. But obviously, coming back to Port Adelaide might instill uh, some of those values over there as well. And Longmire, you know, horse has been the stalwart of Sydney for so long, and, and Recruited really, really well, and and they've got such a young list. Yes, they yeah. got touched up in the grand final by Red Hot Geelong, but it was Geelong's time. Whereas Sydney, they they certainly have some blossoming shoots. Yeah, they do. There's a lot of good youth at Sydney. Look, I I found I still think Collingwood's recruiting this year has been fascinating. Yes, and whether it will work or not, I'm not so sure. Um, I'm sorry, Billy Frampton. As soon as he went one on one with Billy, he. he he was okay as the plus one role. Yes. But standing someone bigged out there, you know, in terms of for the Brisbane recruit, trying to think from Brisbane to Collingwood this year, I think there's a bit of uh, doubt there with him. Name well, escaping yep, me. Yeah, that's okay. And that, so, yeah, I found their recruiting's been a bit fascinating. I mean, yeah. McRae really got the team aspect right. The amount of games they win by under a goal or under 10 points yeah. was massive. You know, they drop half of those games and they're probably teetering on the edge of not playing finals, but they got in. And yeah. as we know, with any type of sport, anything can happen in the finals. And they were within a, a, a bee's whisker of, of getting through to a grand final there as well. So, yeah, interesting um, times ahead for some of the coaches this year. And, uh, you know, obviously we'll keep a bit of an eye on that as the year goes on. Very much so. I admit it's, it 
it's anno- it's annoying me. I'm trying to still think. <laughs> we'll we'll come back after the break and and you can let us know, mate. Has there ever been anything that has lightened up your day? Whether it was someone who complimented you or maybe you got a promotion at work, these all make you feel happiness. But if you're looking for more, more to lighten up your day, then you should book our mobile coffee service. We are always dedicated to one thing, service. We appeal to all sorts of people, from commuters on their way to work or our regular workplace coffee stops. And best of all, we visit you. Whether it's our top quality and aromatic coffee or our mouth-watering selection of cakes and food, there will always be something for you to enjoy. Servicing Adelaide's metro area. Why not book in a stop today? Find us on Facebook and send us a message. Tour Coffee and Catering. We deliver your daily caffeine fix. Welcome back to the Game On Podcast. And, mate, just before we go into the five good minutes in the clubhouse, we've got a name, Daniel McStay. That was going to annoy me all night. If I could, yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry about that. With that. All good. We got there in the end. But coming up today in our five good minutes in the clubhouse, we sort of teased a little bit last week that Norwood Legend was going to be on the show and Michael Ash is our man tonight. And sit back and enjoy Michael recount some of his career. Five good minutes in the clubhouse. As we teased last week, Malcolm, we've got a very special guest today, the famous number eight from the Nord Football Club, Michael Ash. Welcome aboard, Ashy. Yes, gentlemen. Uh, lovely to um, have a chat to you guys. Mate, Nord captain, 87-89, premierships in 82-84, best and fairest, McGarry medals. You've done it all in this NFL, mate. Yeah, look, I was um, pretty lucky, to be honest with you, Pete. It, um, you know, to be able to get to Nord at uh, 79 and straight out of school and coming to a side that obviously just won the flag the year before. And they, um, uh, we had a pretty actually disappointing year in 79. And I'm sure Wally Miller classes that team as one of the best teams he's, you know, they, they've put together. But um, Yeah, Wally does. Wally class 79 is the biggest disappointment. He had, he had a, he does have our 79 side as our, as our best ever side, Michael. Yeah, so that was a little bit disappointing and, um, you know, obviously being the first year and that, you sort of, you know, really not quite, well, you're adjusted to the, to the game as such, but not to the, you know, the level of, hey, how good's this side and how, how one, you know, slipped away. Yeah, actually, let's go, go on. I, I found the 1980 grand final night is a really interesting, fascinating night where you, the younger guys were sort of excited. We'd come from the elimination final. It had been a great game. And then you had Kingo blaming himself. You know, Kingo's played one of the great individual games. He Like, he, Russell Ebert readily admits that was the biggest pants-down job he received in his career. And yet Kingo blamed himself for the handball Kim Kinnear intercepted in the last quarter. And that were the younger guys that night were going, geez, that was how, how good was that? And we're building for the future. Did did you feel that way yourself? Not at all, Malcolm. I don't think I was actually, um, you know, still coming to terms with, you know, like, um, yeah, what it's all about um, from a point of view of, you know, like your your second your second year in, you, you're still raw as and 
and uh, you know you don't really contemplate what it's all about. You're, you're playing you're playing the game because it's something that you love. Now I'm not saying that the rest of the people aren't playing it because of the, they're, they're playing it there, but you know you 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 well for me I only really got to I guess appreciate what it meant after playing probably about four or five years, um, and then thinking, well, man, you know, these these grand finals don't come around that often, and um, and when you get an opportunity, you want to take it. And uh, and uh, I was taking, speaking to Keith Thomas, I think, last week, and, uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to play in our first five years, I think we played in three, three grand finals, and then from there on in, she was pretty sparse. Just just going back a little bit there, you obviously debuted in, in 79. And do, you, do you classify the the first season as a bit of a blur? Uh, not really. Um, you know, it was it was exciting. Um, you know, you're a year out of school. Um, you're out at pre-season. I remember, I remember going to the grand final in 78 and standing behind the goals with some mates from school, or not from, that I went to primary school with, Is actually. Is that with Alan Killigrew? I oh, know I went. I went actually. Alan Killigrew. Alan Killigrew took my brother and myself to the to the first semi against Sturt. Um, after I ended up, you know, lobbing out at West Highlands and having a few training runs. Um, Disgraceful behaviour, Mike. <laughs> Mike Coward uh, wrote it, wrote yes. about it, and then Wally rings Dad, and then yeah, they take us to the footy, and yes, yeah, so so that was. Um, that was the first semi, and then um, went to that the grand final with some mates and stood behind the southern goals, and then to see that win and went home and and went with the whole family out to the Nord Footy Club and couldn't get near the place. And then um, six weeks later, you're out there, you know, training with these guys. It was surreal. Did I hear somewhere uh, along the line that um, you basically weren't in the Nord zone as a junior? No, that's correct. Yeah. Um, I was in the West. I was in the actually. No, I was in the. I was in the West Torrens district as a. Yeah. Sorry. A, a, from where from where we lived, but I was. I was uh, the school. The primary school was in West Adelaide, so we played a lot of mini league for West Adelaide and had some. You know, there was a lot of league players that played a lot of mini league in that era. Um, you know, so in the seventies. Uh, and uh, we were quite successful at West Adelaide, um, and a lot of them went on to play league footy at West Adelaide as well. And Peter Myers would shoot me if I didn't give the fellow scoreboard operator at the parade a mention that he played with you in that uh, in those West Adelaide Premiership sides too, Ashy. He did. Yes. Hey, Michael, quick one back to school. My, um, the illustrious one, Mike, you know, Mike Coward's influence on you at Pulteney. Well, he coached, I reckon when I was in year, year 10, and uh, right away, massive, massive difference to, to our coach from the year before. You know, Mike grew up football and being the uh, journalist that he was and whatever, he knew footy back to front, really. Uh, very passionate. Um, he really pulled us in the side together and, and was pretty tough on us as well. Um, so he, um, you know, look, Pony wasn't, uh, you know, very well strong when it compared to the, PAC Saints and uh, Saint Ignatius and those those bigger schools, but you know we held our own a fair bit and um, yeah Mike Mike um, he, he he pulled aside together from the year before where we were only 
you know, just going around to be quite a successful year 10 side. So moving moving on with your league career, 82, playing in the premiership side, but a bit of frustration with your groin injury that year, Michael? Yeah, that um, I reckon I did, did that within probably round four. I cannot remember the doc, but uh, it was quite a, well, an injury that happened quite a bit. Now, it was it was a muscle. I don't know if it was torn off. I don't think it was torn off the bone or or whatever, but there was a there was a hole there. And I remember, I reckon I was in St Andrews with um, Roger Merritt was having the same operation um, as, as I did. And uh, the guy was well known, the surgeon, which name escapes me after these many years. Um, he uh, he did them quite often. And gee, I remember though when he stuck his little finger. Uh, right up the groin there to to find where the the little hole was and hit the roof very quickly there, but was managed to do managed to you know um, you know and and although look it it did uh, affect you a little bit uh, it wasn't massively but it was enough to just annoy you. Also in eighty two, mate. Um, obviously played in the state game against Western Australia in Perth. What 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 experience was that like? Well, we we found that. We had some very good games against Western Australia. We we're pretty, pretty evenly matched on that, and uh, big deck, and um, you know they. Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, I reckon now it wasn't '82 that I got knocked out. I got knocked out by Willie Rioli. I reckon in one year. I can't remember what it was, what year it was, but that um, wasn't the game you swapped the Guernseys. Yes, it was. Right. Yeah, yeah with Andrew. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it might have been Bob Hammond coaching back then, and. Um, in his wisdom, he thought, look, we'll, we'll swap jumpers. I don't think that made, obviously didn't make a great deal of difference and uh, spent, the, spent the night in hospital. I've, I've, ripped, I've ripped Rick Davies uh, many years ago when we were at a function together and he said he'd, he'd look after me that day and protect me and I lasted about five minutes. He protected you for four minutes. What's your problem, actually? Yeah, he gave, gave, well, he gave me nothing, Malcolm. Yes. Look, while we're skipping, jumping around a little bit, look, we can't not mention the 1981 McGarry medal. I will say personally, my favourite Norwood non-premiership night back at the club with with your sister, the late Sue. You know, it was a fantastic, obviously, age family night, but a great club night. And, yeah, it's probably the best buy-in McGarry medal night I've actually been involved with as a supporter, Ashi. Look, I, I, it's funny how you just remember little things. And uh, I do remember... Walking in 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 the club rooms, um, and uh, Perce McCallum, I reckon it was, um, who was oh, look again. I um, cannot remember what his role was there, but a bit of everything. Yeah, he met me. He met me at the front there, and then and then walking on walking in the door. So what are we? We're nineteen eighty. So it's eighty uh, one. Um, sorry. So so it's um, third year. And um, uh, first year, yeah, okay. Second year, I reckon I did the collarbone twice. Yes. In, in about six weeks. Uh, and then all of a sudden, 81 just, yeah, it just turned out to be one of those years of fit. And, um, and uh, yeah, was lucky enough to win it. But walking back into the club rooms after that, uh, that um, voting at the old line uh, was pretty special. And, uh, you know, you you certainly look back on it, but these days they, you know, they they take they take you know photos or they they do documentaries or whatever. It just 
just would have been nice to sort yeah. of ha- have that on on tape, so to speak, to really just look back and and uh, appreciate how how you know good it was. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Especially also, you know, the tragedy side of it with Sue no longer being with us. You know, um, yeah, it was a special night back at the parade. Yeah, it certainly was. Now, actually, eighty three, all Australian, best and fairest. Did you that? Did you consider that your best year? Well, I thought it was better personally than than eighty one. Um, We're still looking. I'm still trying to find the missing twenty McGarry medal, the missing mi- missing McGarry medal votes, mate. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, yeah. I, I think I was more consistent. That's all, and um, uh, not again. You know, not really uh, going through any tapes or, or videos or anything like that. But um, yeah, thought I thought I'd um, certainly had a more consistent year. And then when when everyone writes you up as the favourite, then you you start to think how well this you know you might have a chance here. And and then I think I end up coming third yeah, in it. Yeah. I think I. I think I ended up um, coming third to, I think, well, the Kernahan won it by a street, but street was... was ineligible, yeah, an Antrobus. Yes. An Antrobus, and then Bernie Conlon, I think, was runner-up. Um, From Westies, wasn't he, or...? Yeah I, think, yeah, I reckon that does ring a bill. I might have to Google it in a minute, but, yeah. And, and he'd I, had a good year. I admit, I that was my year out with the SNFL umpiring panel, and I may have let my thoughts known that night after the Gary Medal, and I effectively never been probably, allowed back. Now. I effectively probably ended my chances of umpiring league football that night. So these things happen. So, yeah. mm. maybe, maybe with the uh, Jeff Fennick thing today, that uh, ret- retrospectively uh, award him the, uh, the twenty votes that are <laughs> yeah, missing. Maybe you never exactly. know. You might keep, start a petition. Yeah. We'll keep, keep, yeah. keep looking for him. Yep. Okay, so 84, what a year. We've come from the elimination final. Uh, go for it, go for it, Aishi. Well, yeah, look, it, it. I think we won 10 out of our last 11 or 11 out of our last 12, and you're coming into the finals, and I'm pretty sure we played South yep. in the last minor round game, and we, we beat them quite easily, and then we... Um, well, we won I mean, quite easily in the end, in the in the, in the elimination. elimination. Yep. But we were in that third quarter, I think, under under a bit of pressure, and then, of course, Central's game. Well, what a game that was! It um, similarities to this year's grand final. In, in yeah, that we were yeah. three well, goals down yeah. in the last quarter, and and we were going with a heck of a wind, and and um, it, it. I still can see the the goal. Peter Lachlan kicked when he just picked the ball off off the ground and sort of snapped it like it was a little bit of a contortionist. Like he just ripped his leg leg around That's and right. over Neville dropped the mark. Yep. yep. Yeah, Neville dropped the mark and and that put us, I think, I don't know, eleven points in front or thirteen points in front. Uh, but it, um, yeah, that that was a very special game because we were right under the pump till the end, and then of course Glenelg. And I've seen a bit of YouTube stuff of late where we've played Glenelg and gee, Glenelg had had plenty of the footy. Well, at one stage, uh, they were two goals fourteen. That's right. Um, now again, you know, like um, I don't know if you know how many were rushed or whatever, but um, you know they they missed a lot of goals, and you know we just we just hung in there and we obviously kicked straighter and looked at. I've got to wrap up my mate 
number nine of you know we 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 gave him you know hundreds of goals through his career. He reckons he earned every one of them, but you know like he he he, he had that, he had the ball out in front of him nearly all day. He didn't have to do much, but um, you know to get Neville over was just fantastic for the footy club. Best guy that I've seen sort of body himself and when someone's behind him. Look, I, w- I will ball. say, I will say this: neither Neville or Michael are on Facebook. So when something comes on Facebook, I then copy it and send it, through, email it through to both of them, and then I just sit back, uh, Pete, and I just enjoy the game of tennis with the bullshit yeah. back and forth between the two of them. <laughs> Absolutely. The so I get the benefit of that. Ashy, then the tour to Ireland and your friendship with Dermot Brereton. Yeah, look, we 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 sort of hit it off. Uh, Dermot and myself, and Dermot actually got injured and didn't. Um, he actually didn't even play at all. So, so he had he, he had the best trip of all time in '84. Um, <laughs> but, but we had, yeah. Look, he had some great players over there, and I got got to know Neville. Sorry, uh, Dermot, extremely well. But when you look at the likes of um, Mark Lee, Danaher. Um, Murray Rance, I reckon it was from Western Australia. Right. Then you had, you know, um, I reckon Motley and um, Kernahan and, uh, you know, like uh, Ross Glendinning. And, you and know, of course, was, and of course, Macca tried to start yeah, World War Three. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> he did that well, Mac. I still remember it like it was yesterday when Brad Hardy had the ball running down the side, bouncing the ball, and then Mac is throwing haymakers to Jacko or whatever his name was. and and Jack then, O'Shea, yeah. Jack O'Shea, and then Mac, uh, sorry, Brad's just dropped the ball and sprinted back to give him a hand. But, um, yeah, Mac wasn't, well, didn't take too kindly after he got rid of the ball for Big Jack uh, coming in and giving him one. And uh, mind you, mind you, the coach, John Todd, Todd yep. I have never heard a coach bake a player like I heard John Todd bake Robert Wiley. In a game, in a game that we we drove about three or four hours to Northern Armagh or something in uh, in Ireland, obviously, and we're going across this border or something, and there's there's guys there with machine guns, and it's all happening. You know, luckily they weren't shooting them, and um, you know, like we, I think we had a, about a two course meal or three course meal halfway through the the bus trip, and went to the ground and got flogged, and then. Um, and then I heard, yeah, I heard the coach going off, and I don't know what, what what Robert Wiley said or did or whatever, but I'd never, I'd never ever heard it before in my life. So, yes, it was uh, about the trip itself was uh, great, guys, uh, just to see Ireland. Uh, we won the tests two one, a beautiful place to visit, and that that all lived with me for a long time. That trip, yeah. And- it's, it's interesting where Dermot quite often speaks very openly where he says he regrets he didn't work harder, harder at trying to get you to Hawthorne. Oh, well, I hadn't heard that, but, um, yes. but uh, yeah, look, at um, you know, I, I certainly had the opportunities to go to Richmond and, and Essendon in particular and, and went to Essendon for a little while. No, I want to go and, back to Richmond first, actually. The words yellow Salika. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that was the day that... Uh, Gee whiz, I wish I'd signed that Form 4 in 1981 and not 1980. Um, instead, instead of getting four grand, I might have got 40. But um, but 
I still remember the day going down to pick it up with Dad with John Carl Motors and on the Saturday morning of a trial against Port in 80. And uh, and Jack says, you know, you, you better not play too well today. I'll get Dave Granger onto you. <laughs> and, and, Jay, and Dave, and, and, and this was nothing untoward, but I've just caught him out the side of my um, eye and I'm, the ball's coming to me. So I, I just didn't um, brace myself in time and he's, you know, the big unit I was, that uh, he's he's just given me a hip and shoulder, and I thought that's a bit sore, and ran over the other side of the ground, and just was waiting for a ball to get shot out with me, and it did, and I I just flung my left hand out, and that was it. She was all over, so so I went off, and um, but yeah, yeah, so that uh, that was uh, in uh, nineteen eighty, yeah. Okay, let's keep going with state state footy. Yeah. So actually, you're 86, you're vice-captain of the All-Australian team, then you're involved with state footy, state captain. You played in a golden era with South Australia. You know, go for it on state footy, mate. Yes, that um, amazing with, with pretty well. Cornsey was the state coach for pretty well all my, my state career and Jack was probably the last one or two. And um, But... You know, with with Motley, Kernahan, Platten, Bradley, you know, like uh, Macca, you know, Neville, Keith, Filkey, uh, you know, the the, the the names are endless. And uh, you know, playing at Footy Park, particularly against the Big V, and um, it was it was on. And I, I remember the carnival. I reckon, reckon it was. I can't remember what year it was. I reckon um, Greg Williams had had a. He's one that knocked Macca's teeth out, I reckon. Yes, yes. Or, or had a crack at him, and uh, he didn't mind having a, a bit of that, Greg. Yeah, super player. He was a bit uh, surprised when Macca came back, though. Yeah. Well, I reckon, I reckon Scott Salisbury helped him out as well, because mm. uh, Scotty, Scotty saw it as well. But, you know, they would always beat it up with Teddy Witten and, and yeah. uh, being a part of it, and... Uh, you know, we, uh, we, yeah, you're right. We we had, uh, uh, well, Tony Hall, there's another one. Um, we had a, just a super side. Um, and I think a full credit to Graham as well because he, um, you know, sometimes there'd be a bit of a, a walk in the park at, at state trainings. But when Cornsey came on board, it was the toughest training sessions I'd done for most of the time. Um, even even our, our club sessions, this, this was tougher. And, Obviously, uh, Graham is very proud South Australian and obviously a very, very good player and coach. And, uh, you know, he uh, he treated it as it should have been. And, um, you know, uh, we were very fortunate to, uh, well, I'm pretty sure we won, you know, at least 70% of the time when we played against uh, the Big V. No, no, we great record. And it was, it was the, the Tuesday night, those state games were just a, you know, it was a do not miss. It was yeah. you know, wanted ticket. It was you know they were, they were the big that was the big nights. You know, and just the atmosphere was fantastic. I tell you, I tell you the um, the eighty nine. I reckon it was where we played. Well, we um, got thumped. Big, oh well, it was it was it was heavy ground. It'd be shocking weather. And um, do you remember trying to trying to cut off a ball? Um, up in the forward line for Victoria, and I reckon the the Victorian forward line was uh, Ablett, Lyon, I think Dunstall. Dunstall, yeah, the game in Victoria. Um, yeah. Dunstall, 
and um, oh, what's the name? Lockett. Played Lockett. As well. yeah. Lockett. Well, Lockett was Lockett was on the lead coming out, and I'm thinking, well, I'm I'm here. I've got to cut him off, and I'm I've run across, and I'm thinking, I'm dead. <laughs> I I'm dead here, and he he luckily got nowhere near me because um you know I'm thinking. Oh, good night, nurse. You know, I'm, I know that he doesn't mind hurting blokes, but um, yeah, that was disappointing. Where, and and I reckon was that when, I reckon Teddy Whitten was. Yeah, that was the lap. Was dying, yes. wasn't he? Yeah. And yeah. with, with the Teddy Whitten lap. And, uh, yeah, and look, and let's keep going on that, Michael. You've had your own prostrate. You know, I, I did have that listed for later, but it's appropriate now that you've had your own battle with that and. It is a reminder for blokes. We do think we're invincible. We don't, you know, attend to our health as much as the ladies do. And yeah, go for it in that regard, Michael. Yeah, look, it, um, I was very fortunate to. Um, now, Malcolm, you'd be able to tell me who the twins were that played for Nord, and one went on Big Brother, and the other one played for North Melbourne. Um, come on, Malcolm. Um, oh, the Tanners? No, no, no. Who? No, oh, no. One twins. No, he and their father was a doctor. Anyway, that's your research. You better find. Yep, yep sorry. Um, um, but they, his dad. I was going down to see my daughter. I was working at Footy Park, and I went to this doctor, and he um, he uh, grabbed my um, my notes, and then you know I was I was going down to see him for something, and he said he had your prostate checked for a while, and I hadn't. It was probably two years, and he he did the old uh, fetal position, and. Uh, you know, had a, had a bit of a feel around, and he said, "Do I know a um, a urologist?" And I said, "Well, Adrian Porter, ex Nord yep. champion doctor," and uh, went to see him, and you know, did the biopsy, and you know, it came positive. And then you think, "Well, what am I going to do? Do I get it out? Do I monitor it?" And my philosophy was, "Well, what's going to stop it from getting out? So, do I get it out now, or do I monitor it?" So. So I ended up getting it out. I was very lucky that I was obviously fit at the time and, um, you know, recovered pretty well. I had open surgery. I didn't have robotic because the the, um, surgeon that I was um, recommended to, obviously by Adrian, who was sensational, and he put me – he also put me on to – if I wanted to go and see someone else, and I went and saw someone else who did this brachytherapy, so it was another sort of treatment, but I – where they put radioactive seeds around the prostate and then they zap it, and unfortunately I couldn't have that. So, uh, so it was um, yeah, it just went went back to the doctor that um, Adrian uh, recommended, and uh, everything went well there. And uh, I was fortunate enough that um, it hadn't escaped, um, so it was all contained. And um, yes, I'm all good, um, mate. In nineteen. Uh, 19- I mean that's uh, it's very important for everyone to uh, to to get those checkups and um, and I'm sure you're an advocate for it with whoever you talk to these days um, to make that happen. No question. Look, it's um, yeah, like it, you you just got to do it. Um, it's it's silly not to. It's not that difficult. Obviously, the uh, it changes uh, the way they they test and and treat it these days and. Um, and back in back in my day, where you know they they did the biopsy was a little, you know, I didn't actually get put under. So and sometimes you can get an infection and, and those sort of things. But they you know, the research and the technology they use now to do that is significantly better. Um, but you know, I, I just couldn't understand why why you wouldn't um, 
go in and get your blood tests anyway. And, um, you know, there's one thing they can tell by the blood. I think it's as simple as that and keep an eye on that. And then the, the levels and if they start to shoot up, then they just monitor it and you just got to get it. Got to get it early because, as we know, most things, if, uh, particularly in prostate, if you leave that too long and that gets out, you can be in all sorts of strife. Uh, mate, very important message for sure. Uh, 1987, mate, you get to captain the great Nord footy club. Yeah, look, it, um, I, reckon, I reckon I was captain, I don't know, for three years and um, oh, we, we made three prelims, prelims in a row, yeah. I reckon it was. And lost them all, and uh, gee, that was disappointing. Um, but you know, to, to captain the footy club, and look, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't, I wasn't the best captain. I, I think I was just more concerned about, um, hey, what you do on the field to, to not necessarily what what you do off it, and getting around the players and making sure they're okay and that. So uh, I sort of thought we lead by example on the field, but. Um, you know, we were yeah, we we had a, we had some opportunities and uh, and unfortunately didn't take them. But um, that just goes with the territory sometimes. And uh, you know, we, we we fronted up. I think we might have lost at least two of those um, prelims to North. North maybe I know. Yeah, yeah I know one of them. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it wasn't to be. And um, you know, we uh, I think we again we, you know again you. you You've got to make the best of the situation, and we didn't. And, mate, in uh, 88, uh, you play your 200th game, which qualifies you for life membership at the Nord Footy Club. Um, again, what does that mean, mate? Yeah, look, I, I guess that I'm, I'm just so, I think, uh, what's the right word? I, 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 am, I am humbled to think that I, I was lucky enough to play at the Nord Footy Club uh, for as long as I did, and uh, so proud to do that to follow in my father's footsteps, who you know played for ten years and and captained the footy club, and uh, yeah, look at uh, and and even today, I the biggest kick that I get is is watching the the guys go round and and um, what they achieve and hopefully achieve the ultimate, which they obviously did this year. It brings me great joy to see that. Let's just say Michael's a nervous watcher of football and that yeah, thanks to Jeff Wilson being in the Cooper's box for you, it actually helps it helps you, Aisha. Getting a bit of medicinal purposes into the into the body at uh, games does help you, mate. There's no question about that, Malcolm. It's just that uh, it's just the level of, of, of uh, the intake and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sensible enough. But, I, yeah, look, I'm not a good watcher. I've never, never been a good watcher. Of, of footy, particularly the Nord Footy Club, and um, you know, but uh, I will support that till the day I die. And um, you know, it uh, it certainly it, it look it's very enjoyable to go. And and I don't mind telling you either what what the Nord Footy Club are doing with their facilities, with the the club, and then the the um, signage. Yep. Yeah. The the museum and and now they're putting new light towers up there, which I was there a couple of weeks ago and I said, what's going on? And these light towers, are, I'll stand corrected, are as good as uh, Adelaide Oval yes. or something like that, right. which which is, you know, 
and and again, I'm being biased, but there's no doubt in my mind that the Norden Football Club is the best suburban oval in Adelaide by a mile. Yeah, that's yeah. I th- obviously we are biased, but yeah, I, I've always thought that anyway. And yeah, I, you know, they're talking about this AFL Magic Round. Well, if there's going to be a game scheduled at the uh, at a suburban venue, surely it's got to be at Nord. Oh, you yes, you would think so. Um, and you know, like you get, well, you get five. Anywhere five thousand plus there, and the atmosphere is is like, you know, twenty thousand somewhere else um, with everyone on top of it, and uh, yeah, so uh, let's let's hope that eventuates. Very much so. Now, quick humour one that by pure fluke, Pete, I've uh, walked into the feathers on a Friday night, and that and uh, happened to run into Pam's do Pam Michaels, definitely better half in yes. uh, Pam's do's night, and so. The, like this, I'll stay around. Thirty odd females, yeah, good chance. Yeah, better strike rate than normal. Yes. <laughs> of course, it was still the obvious court marsh bowl. Lily, no score, but yes, uh, Pam actually did think think that was quite funny in the night and said, "Yeah, stay around, Malcolm. At least you're livening things up." Yeah, well, I'm sure you would, Malcolm. And uh, you know, I don't know if she do. Oh, she might. She, she might remember. Uh, no, no, we I spoke bet. about that at, at the Hall of Fame night. Yes, yes, yes she did. She yes. did remember it well. Yes. Yes. Well, she hasn't been knocked around the head like me, no, Malk, so... No, that's yeah. true. no, the Hall of Fame, let's quickly go on that. Hall of Fame being chosen as a legend, one of the five legends of the, of Nord Footy Club. It was certainly a lot easier to organise a H family photo uh, photo that night than the McIntosh clan, but I did get there <laughs> on both. Uh, yeah, go through that, Michael, how much that meant. Yeah, look, again, I, I, I find it difficult to... To really talk about that, Malcolm, because uh, it, it is it is certainly a, an honour to to be thought of in that uh, in that way, and um, you know I I am absolutely humbled by it. Um, uh, I I have a an absolute passion for for the Nord Footy Club that uh, that will never leave me till the day I die. I love the place, and as I said, I. I was fortunate enough to play there and then my brother, with my brother, and then obviously Jesse and then Andrew Salad, James, and then Joel. You know, I've had a few uh, reserves games and things like that. And um, look, to be to be elevated to to that status is, is lovely, but I said it once, I've said it probably 10 or 15 times, is I don't... I don't see myself as a legend compared to some of these volunteers that have been, you know, on staff or not on staff, but volunteering for 30 years and and that sort of things. And, you know, like the trainers and, you know, like Big Al and then there was Al and Mal and Reggie and, and, you know, all those trainers, Brian, you know, you know, those Smokey. Smokey that, you know, Bandit, you know, like, uh, man, you know, they're the legends of the footy club, honestly. You know, that we're there for five minutes. They're, 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 year for 50, they're there for 50 years. You know, it's 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 a little bit different. Like, we, we sort of get the glory and whatever, but those guys, you know, they deserve everything they get because they're the real stalwarts. And it's like those supporters that, you know, still go to the footy, you know, when I go and I see those that are still supporting when I was running around, so it's just wonderful to see. Yeah, 
everybody's part of the fabric and uh, that's what yeah. makes, makes the club the club. And yeah. for, for mine, it's it's still, you know, at AFL level, they're multi-million dollar corporations where, sorry, I'm speaking tonight to a Nord past legend, give you a ring quite often, Mike, and all that. There's still, there's always contact and all that. Now, to me, being part of that is, yeah, give me give me Nord any day over the AFL. That's how I've, I've always felt along those lines. Personally, yeah. Look, it. Um, I think it's like any club, though. That um, you know, some some guys, you know, don't feel that they. I don't know what, what it is. They, but look, I, I tell you that the reunions that we have, and we had the '82 reunion this year, and I think it was the best one we had for for a lot of years. Where instead of sitting down around tables now, and you don't really mix, they just have stand-ups, a few few little tables and a few platters and all that. But actually you get around and the club did a great job on getting a lot of players that hadn't been back for a while. And to see those guys after so many years, it's fantastic. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, just being able to reminisce and obviously on not only on the, the, the wins that we've had, but just to see some of these guys that you hadn't seen for a while, uh, it's it's fantastic because – you know, most well, you know, for fifteen years or ten years of your life, you're in in these people's pockets, and you know, some you you were quite close to, and and some not so close. But you know, I, I don't know how too many that that you know didn't get along with anyone, and um, you know, as and as a team, and that you know, those bonds they last forever. Michael, on you still just quick one back in the footy. Being tagged, one of the first players to be being tagged, and you know, I think mutual respect with you and uh, and Trevor Rowe from Centrals. I don't think you swap Christmas cards with John Harvey, but yeah, just that side <laughs> of footy, mate. Yeah, look, that was that was um, you know Trevor was very good, very disciplined, very fit. He probably probably had a better technique running than I did, but as I said, very disciplined and in the way he went about it, and um, so so. Yeah, look, I think that he probably nutted me more times than I would have liked, but um, you know, and then then yeah, look, I can't remember. There's a couple. There was one from Torrens as well, obviously, John Harvey from Port, and then you know, like yeah, playing playing in the well, in, in that close tagging. Uh, now I don't mind that if they do it fairly, but you know, when they well, obviously when they scrag and and don't have to hold you for you know two seconds, and then you, you know you you stop from getting the ball on that. It's quite frustrating, but uh, maybe I didn't deal with it as as, as well as I could, and, and you know Barmy threw us around a fair bit. And sometimes changes that uh, full forward and and rested it at full forward rather than the half forward flank, and left a one on one, which I thought I'd, I was I had a reasonable strength um, when playing on one on one. So. It was, uh, yeah, it was it was frustrating. It it certainly was frustrating when that close tag is um, came involved. But I guess in in essence as well, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's a bit of a feather in the cap to say, well, you know, they got to they got to stop him, so they got to pay him more attention. So and in '84, did you feel like the umpires sort of got it right? Well, obviously you did, but you know they they were really keeping a close eye on your port. If the, yeah. John Harvey and Hilton had paid, and and uh, Harvey and Arjun had paid every free kick Ashley should have got in that eighty four grand final, we'd still be at Footy Park and they'd still be blowing the whistle. 
Well, I think you're a little bit biased there, Malcolm, but um, <laughs> just a but, tad, actually. Uh, yeah, look, it, uh, yeah, look, it, it, it happens, and uh, you know that was that was one of the best games that you know playing, as we said, talk, come, came fifth, and uh, just a little bit unfortunate in the first ten seconds. Uh, you know, cop one, which you know uh, I wasn't too fond of, so I squared up a year later. Yes, yes, I reckon you might have finished in front on that one too. Yeah, you? might have. Yes. Yeah, I can have. Um, quick, serious one, because it is a big thing going on at the moment, concussion. KT's involved in it. Uh, Sean Tasker's involved in it behind the scenes and that as well. Um, thoughts there, Michael? And my understanding is that the uh, we're waiting for clarification all that, but players will be missing more than one game like they do at the moment. So, yeah, thoughts concussion-wise, because you have had... You know, the, the night with probably the most famous one was Ray Huppets in 82 where, yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah, look, it, um, Keith Thomas and myself went over about six weeks ago and, and got tested and um, I'm still trying to, to work out, um, you know, exactly what the report said. But, you know, it, it is a bit of a um, worry, particularly in my short-term memory, I think, is a bit, bit how you're going. But... Um, you know, I'm not. I think I'm. I'm not too bad at all when it comes to. <coughs> um, I don't have headaches, and I. I don't have any sort of lapses, or for want of a better word, um, blackouts or or yeah. whatever. So I'm. I'm. I'm pretty fortunate with that. I think that. Um, I think it. Uh, it's going to be interesting in you know because I've spoken to Keith and and you know he's shown me the results of all the testing he's been doing and whatever and it's it is frightening to be honest yeah. with you um you know not and, and you might not even be knocked out you just might get a good hip and shoulder and you you still can have some quite face some um you know challenges you know if you get hit and and just knocked around a little bit without you know get being knocked out or even your head excuse me your head being knocked so i think that's going to be um going to be uh, interesting to see how that pans out. i tell you what does worry me a little bit is in, in the women's football, um, uh, you know, it happening to them. And, and I'm all for – I think it's great that they're, they're playing footy. I just um, – and and I've seen some of the more recent games and they, they, there's some fair intensity about them. And, um, you know, hopefully they, they just learn very quickly, which I'm sure they will because the standard is certainly getting – you know, massively better that they um, that they they protect themselves and they can look after themselves so they can you know get through um, unscathed. I think it's gradually improving. Robbie Newell's pretty heavily involved in the state in the junior state side of it, and and that and that the now girls are playing at the younger age. They're learning, going to learn to protect themselves straight. Or you know what you did as a kid. Well, I think that's yeah. been the real problem is that basically they've started playing as adults. And have just left themselves wide open. You, you watch sometimes, and I, I, you know, I was you involved cringe. involved with the AFLW. You know, while yeah. I'm a Nord person, I was employed by the AFL at the ga- home games there. And yeah, you did. You cringe and you were nervous watching because they just didn't instinctively turn to protect themselves. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. It, um, you know, I saw that injury this year. I think to a Western Bulldogs player. Now that wasn't a concussion as such, but it was a. A kick or a broken leg and the like, and 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 in fact, I reckon it was a couple of weeks yeah. ago. I can't remember who it was, but uh, one one of the girls for Essendon, I reckon, it was playing yeah. court, 
and and she landed on her head uh, in, in a tackle, uh, and it wasn't. I think I think what she was actually caught by one arm, yeah. and then of course, and, and it wasn't anything malicious about the tackle, but she just landed on top of her head. And I thought actually she was in a in a world of trouble. Um, I thought the way that she just landed on her head, and um, I thought, oh, this could be very dangerous, but thank goodness that it wasn't. But Well, bizarrely with that, the poor players got suspended for two games. Now, I've watched that numerous times, and I'm thinking, she's actually just grabbed the hand. It's, it's, it's actually she, so she got pinged for yeah, two games. Yeah, she got two-game suspension for that. And I'm just still – I've watched that numerous wow. times thinking – how in the hell they came, yeah. came to that fight? Because that was just a footy accident. It was, well, I'd, yeah. I'd like to look at it a, a bit more closely, yeah. but but I'm a bit I'm a bit the same, Malcolm. I I, I look at some of these these reports, um, and I'm even thinking back. And, and look, I'll stand corrected, but I reckon Patrick Dangerfield tackled yes. someone perfectly, and and the momentum was going forward. So just you know. They were going forward, so of course he was behind, driven the particular player into the ground, uh, had tackled, uh, I think, a, a fair tackle, and and then it got. I reckon it cost him a brown look. Yes, um, right. yeah. yeah, and I, I think, Bizarre. yeah, I, I just don't understand a lot of it these days. But anyway, one quick last one. Oh, getting towards that Australian sports medal. Actually, I, I blatantly admit I've only read that today. I, I yeah, I can't remember. Go for that. See, now you're testing it. Malcolm, I reckon, I don't know how many years ago, but, yeah, got an Australian sports medal for, <coughs> you know, the, um, the the footy career, and that was certainly an, an honour. And I I remember when we moved house, uh, well, we just moved about 15 months ago, but when we moved up to St. George's and I, they had a cabinet there they didn't want to take, so we bought it off them and, um, you know, proudly put that in in there with along with some other mementos and uh you know it's always always nice to be recognized i guess um you know as 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 a a good footy player in this in this um respect but um you know my folks brought me up um to uh you know well i well i loved actually um ashley Barty's now if i'm not going to get this i'm not sure if i'm going to get this correct but I reckon her quote uh, about six or twelve months ago said she'd she'd rather be known uh, as a as a as a, a great person than a great tennis player, and I thought that is perfect. Yeah, it's pretty. That, that nails it, it really, right, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, because that's what it's all about. You know, it's about it's about the person, not not okay what what he or she does, and uh, what what she or he uh, manages. To um, attain to, or I'm not getting the right word there, but uh, you know, like uh, again, I think that uh, you know, it's it's who you are as a person and and what you can do, you know, for for someone else. And I think we, uh, you know, just make other lives, uh, other people's lives better off. That that's certainly what it's all about. Oh, Michael, you, you get that big time. Look, any time there was a thing you needed something for charity, whatever. Give Aishi a ring like there was the night up at uh, Hope Valley with that young, uh, youngster yeah. a few years ago. You know, I get a phone call from Mark Robinson. Can you organise a Nord person? Ring you, all organised within five minutes. 
you go and visit the kid next day in hospital as well off your own steam, and the boy's going okay too, Michael. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, which is great news because it yeah. certainly didn't appear that it was going to be the case back then. And, yeah, look, um, I, I'd, I'd really jacks me off that that sort of thing because Barry Robber and Russell Ebert, just incredible in that regard as well. And it just should get far more publicity. We, anytime a player does something wrong... It comes out big time. Well, how about a bit of publicity on on how many things is done right as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, I feel really strongly on that. And we all look again. You know, hopefully, well, we all make good and bad decisions, and uh, sometimes we make some bad ones. But hopefully, we learn from them, and then you know, go on to um, to rectify those, and uh, and just be the person that that you know. I think uh, that that. It's it's well. I remember reading a book, Malcolm, many years ago, and it was called The Purpose Driven Life. And it was actually when I was actually going through, you know, nearly a marriage breakup, and and I read this book, and in the first paragraph of the first um, first chapter was, and it said, "Life's not about you." And um, and I'm thinking, you know what? That struck me, and I thought, you know, yes, life was about me for a lot of years. And I and I, yeah, I was selfish, and I, I just wanted to do this and do that, and then it may have crept it. This is on the footy field, and then it creeps into your, your own life and your own marriage and those sort of things, and then you probably don't act like you should, and you know sometimes you keep your feet on, sometimes you think your feet are on the ground, and they're that far off, and it's not funny, but you know you you, you live and learn, and and hopefully mature, you know sooner rather than later, and uh, you know just. Uh, just do good and be good, mate. We'll uh, we'll get you out of here on this one. Um, obviously, the crows coming in in 1990. Uh, I, I must admit, uh, sitting behind the goals at the uh, southern end at the parade, watching uh, yourself and Macca ply your trade for the for the Nord Footy Club. You know, it w- would have been nice to see you for the crows as well, mate. I can tell you, I don't know if many people know this, but I can tell you that the day. That the crows were the day the crows were formed, or the day, and then their first training session, you know, uh, at Footy Park. I drove there, and just, you know, went behind a pillar somewhere, and just watched them train for five minutes. And I'm thinking, now I was pretty cooked, so I'm, I'm, I think they made a right decision. No, I, no, I disagree with you there. Actually, I'll go to bat on that one. There were one thing about the only decent. Uh, concession the Crows had with their first year because their concessions overall are the worst by any side by a long way. But they had 52 players. Now, I'll go as far, yeah, of course your body wasn't going to get you through the whole year, but I'll say if Michael Ash had been picked, who knows whether that would have been the extra game uh, to get the Crows in the finals. Well, you know, I know you're biased, Malcolm, yes. but... Um, I feel strongly yeah, so on that look, one too, Michael. It would have been nice. It would have been nice. Then, oh, look, I had the opportunities, obviously, you know, to, to, to go to the um, VFL at that stage, but it wasn't to be. And, uh, you know, the, the Crows the crows were formed and, uh, you know, history says that, uh, well, it just shows that, um, you know, they've uh, they've become a very, well, powerful club. They're in a bit of the doldrums at the moment, but hopefully they'll bounce back and, uh, you know, they've got a change of leadership there. I think their coach in Matty Nixon, and I don't know Matty at all, but, Seems to be a wonderful guy, and I think the players, you know, love him. So hopefully they'll get some success shortly. 
Unfortunately, obviously, your career gets a little bit uh, cut short through some injuries in your final year, limiting you to a few games for the year, but uh, you're certainly a, a fantastic servant for the Nord Footy Club uh, to reach 300 games as well, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, look, I, I, I can actually remember that. Neil Craig was, and, and I sort of, uh, a valuable lesson learned. I'm thinking, oh, do I go on? Do I not go on? And I sort of didn't do enough of the training because uh, I was doing all pool work at that stage and didn't do enough training before the the pre-season. And then Scotty Byrne, Burns accidentally knocks into my knee and does a second or third degree tear and puts me back. And then, you know, like I'm I'm way behind in fitness and then, you know, try to play and the knees are give me a bit of trouble. And I reckon... I reckon I end up playing three games and, you know, for the first time in my career, I started on the bench and uh, I'm sitting on the bench not knowing whether to, you know, fold the arms, sit back, cross the legs or what do you do there? Do you go to sleep or, you know, just get, get ready to have a run? So, yeah, a bit of a bit of a disappointing, um, but, a, but a learning curve certainly for me or for anyone that's listening is that, uh, you know, particularly when, you, when you're getting on, never cut corners. Now, Michael, I, I'm glad I've just remembered. Question from uh, Chris Atticote, a listener for Ovis. Did you originally hurt your back driving from the top tower at the city pool? No, look, I don't think so. I remember, I remember doing um, doing a underwater hockey uh, promo there with I reckon it was Paul Weston and might have been Rick Davies, and we had a crack crack jumping off there, but. To be honest with you, I honestly think it was in my leisure times. I bought a speedboat with a mate, and we used to go up the Murray quite a bit and ski. And I did a massive amount of kneeboarding, and you know we'd kneeboard and then we'd jump someone, and you, you know you get that continue yeah. Yeah. pound. Look, it might not have been that. I don't know, but I think it might have been that. To be honest with you, and uh, you know that's certainly one of uh, the regrets. I think that. Uh, you know, if I knew what exactly what it was, then obviously it'd be easier to sort of, you know, put together. But um, yeah, to 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 hit about nineteen eighty four onwards, and then pretty well spend the most of the time just all the preseason in the pool, and then going out to uh, to do all the ball work. So a little bit frustrating, but um, yeah, the the back issue certainly, you know, hung around uh, pretty well from eighty four till ninety two. So it was a bit of a pain. Now, Pete, there was one last couple of quick things, but a couple of things to stir Aishi up about. There was one year, we think it's 83, either way, Michael worked his absolute backside off pre-season doing weights, trying to put on weight. Mm -hmm. And it's like we're at Lifestyle and when Neville and Hooksy were running it, and there's a weigh-in for for Aishi to see how how much weight he's put on. He has got on and he's actually lost weight. I reckon the dummy landed about Gawler that night, actually. It was hilarious. Well, listen, Matt, I, I, I've, I've sort of had a look at a couple of the highlights and, and look, there, there was a, a little bit more definition. I, I, I think the bicep grew by about 0.5 of a mil and, uh, and I started having a, not quite like Arnold, but, um, yeah, certainly there wasn't one of my greatest strengths, the... Uh, the weightlifting and, and, and spending a lot of time in the in the weights room. And, of course, those Sterling Cup games, weren't they? A uh, couple of fantastic nights away. What goes on tour will stay on tour, but Aishi does speak fluent Chinese as well. They were great <laughs> nights, Michael. Yes, they were, they were very, very fond memories, Malcolm. Yes, we probably don't go too much for on that one. 
Um, uh, we'll leave that one. Yes, I think we might might just cut it off there because we could get in a bit of trouble. But uh, Michael, thank you very much for joining us tonight and giving us a bit of an insight into your your wonderful career at the Nord Footy Club. And we've we've enjoyed uh, having you on the show as part of our past legends series and our five good minutes in the clubhouse. And it's been a, a true treat. We we no, take no. that five minutes very literally, yes. Michael. Yes, no, greatly yeah, appreciated, Ashy. Thanks, gents. Always always happy to talk about my beloved Red Legs. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, mate. See you, guys. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Welcome back to the Game On Podcast. And, mate, we've, uh, we've just spoken with Michael, and what a fantastic interview that was. Yeah, he was quite profound and deep in thought, actually, on a lot of matters there. And, you know, we covered some serious stuff as well, you know, prostrate, concussion issue. Um, Michael also just being incredibly honest as well about himself and his own failings. And, yeah, it was, wasn't was just Woody. Exactly right. And um, it was it was one that uh, I quite enjoyed being a, a, a young kid watching him at the parade there from behind the Southern Goal. And, uh, and yeah, as you said, the way from that was, you know, Hey, we need to look after ourselves as as guys. Uh, need to get stuff checked and and, and really look after. It. And the other thing that was really uh, interesting to come from that conversation was about the concussion. Watch Very this. topical at the moment. Watch this space. Yeah, watch this space. Happy days. And uh, Malcolm, for today's happy days, we're continuing on with the Ace. <laughs> it yeah. might, might be the Ace show. Uh, James Ace, um, 27 years old today at Paynham Nord Union uh, local, obviously going on to Norwood then Brisbane, Collingwood and, and currently playing at Frio. And he holds an incredible stat. So it's 24 games for Nord. He played in more premierships than losses. Played in two premierships. Only played in one losing side in his career at Norwood. Fantastic stat, mate. Thank you very much for that one. Uh, pick seven in the 2013 draft and 129 games so far in the AFL. He probably had his most consistent year last year. Yeah, absolutely. This week, 96, Vander Holofield defeats Mike Tyson in the 11th round in Las Vegas for the WBA heavyweight title. Only the second person to win it twice, falling one short of Muhammad Ali with three. Well, it's pretty hard to compete with the last name, isn't it? Yeah, Muhammad Ali, like his claims, you know, oh, to, be, to be at the G in 98 where that lap when he came out, it was goose goosebumps. It yep. was incredible. Definitely one of the greatest boxers of all time. And, you know, Holyfield and, and Tyson went head-to-head on quite a few occasions and some very, very good bouts along the way. I might Tyson with his weird stuff off the boxing field, so he probably doesn't get his... Much recognition as he should because of that. And yep. Holyfield was one of the greats. Absolutely. This week in 2003, Kim Clijsters becomes the uh, first female tennis player to earn $4 million after beating Amelia Moresmo 6-2-6 love. Wow. And it was. She was Aussie Kim there for a while with going out with Leighton. And, yeah, yep. it was very much we jumped on jumped on the <laughs> board. Bandit. It was very much and claimed. Claimed her very much as for one a, of us. For yeah. a three or four year period there, she oh. was really unstoppable. And, um, you know, to to, to beat Amelia Moresma, who's ranked or 
rated as one of the better tennis players. There's no, no mug around a tennis court. And yeah. win love and twos. Yeah, fantastic. And to finish off, mate, Martin Crowe retires from Test cricket um, after 17 centuries for New Zealand. One of the all-time greats. Look, I love Martin Crowe. Um, I got on really well with Jeff Crowe when Jeff Crowe played here in Adelaide, member of our 81-82 Sheffield Shield side, winning side, let's be honest, as South Australians. Any per, we don't forget anyone who plays in a winning Shield side, and Jeff did hit the winning runs. Mm-hmm. But, no, Martin was one of the all-time greats. His technique... Uh, he made 100 here against South Australia a game here, and I just sat and you just every single ball went exactly where it should have gone. Yep. Technique was perfect. Now, absolute superstar, genuine bloke, and, yeah, just an absolute tragedy as o- well. Obviously, as you said, the technique was fantastic, oh. and that was, you know, people revered that and, and would just watch and study him. Uh, 299 in... 299 runs in 1991. That's a pretty big score. And a big part of that 82 World Cup, revolutionary on with opening the bowling with Dipak, six-pack Patel, bowling Harris's slow little dibbly-dobblers. And they changed things up a fair bit there, New Zealand. And, yeah, look, full cre- full credit to, to Martin. And, and passed away on the oh. uh, 16th of March, way, way too early, oh. uh, aged 53 years, again from cancer. Uh, it's just a tragedy that uh, such a good man like that is gone. Very much so. All right, mate, let's get into the big finish. Extra time. Big finish. Malcolm, we start off with tennis. Yeah, Alex Diminor, breakthrough win against a top five player. You know, fantastic effort there coming through. And Adelaide to host two tournaments this summer. The WAT and ATP, the two fifties, the forty four million spent on the precinct at there and at, in town, and it's coming paying off. Yeah, fourteen days festival of tennis at the Memorial Drive Complex. They've just recently completed the forty four million dollar upgrade. Um, two events back to back. You know, the ATP Tour five uh, two fifty event and the WTA five hundred event means that we're pretty much going to get the best of the best players playing. Uh, Alex Diminor, he he beat Daniel Medvedev, yes, and uh, and and that was probably a, a good scout for him to get, especially uh, overseas there. A huge scout. Yeah. Hey, Lawn Bowles, mate. Yeah, Lawn Bowles, uh, I'm currently looking over my shoulder at the moment uh, watching the BPL, and, and not a lot of people may know what the BPL is. It's a it's a 2020 version of Lawn Bowles. Um uh, basically, it's been on Facebook all week. Uh, KO Sports have been covering it. Um, Adelaide is represented currently uh, the Adelaide Pioneers. Um, Scotty Tholburn, who's a legend of the Adelaide Bowling Club. Uh, Wayne Rudiker, who is an Australian representative, just recently retired from the Grange Bowling Club. And uh, Caitlin Inch, who's an international player from New Zealand. Um, currently, as it stands, they're set up against the Melbourne Pulse and they really need to win this game here to get them just a little bit closer to tomorrow night's finals. They've got three games in the morning, uh, Friday morning, to play. Um, fingers crossed they can get there as well. Uh, as I said, currently sitting fourth at the moment, but a win tonight would certainly keep them in. And a full credit to you, Pete, with being into lawn bowls. Let's be honest, it's not, you know, it's, it's one of the lesser sport and that. Um, not lesser, you know, you know, you know what I mean. Yes. So no, full credit to you there, and you know, the World Cup. Well, England are running away with it anyway. So there, we'll, we'll concentrate on the long bowls then. Yes. Uh, I took up the game a couple of years ago. Fell in love with it. It's it's just one of those games that you you 
you meet some really good people. And we had Laney uh, on the on the show last week. Um, we'll endeavour actually to get uh, Wayne Rudiger on. Yes. Um, he was actually uh, mentioned as part of our Legends, uh, yep. local Legends series. Uh, he was nominated. Uh, we'll see if we can get Rudy on and have a bit of a chat to him as we go. All right, mate. Um, soccer. Um, Adelaide United. Yeah, one four two away against Western United. Home game this week against Melbourne Victory. Craig Goodwin's been selected in the Socceroos World Cup, you know, the squad for Qatar. Huh. So, yeah, things looking up a little bit. We spoke with Mary last week as a part of the yes. um, uh, supporters group. Um, we did jump a little bit ahead uh, talking about the Melbourne Victory game, but we um, we we missed the uh, Western United game, and and that's two ga- two wins in a row, and sort of starting to set up yeah. the season really really well. Uh, SA versus Victoria, you know, it's on. Yep. Uh, Friday night at uh, Cooper Stadium should be an absolute belter of a, an atmosphere and, and, and away we go. And we talked about Goodwin, you know, potentially not making the squad and there'd be a riot. Well, we don't need the riot anymore. He He's in and, and I think he's going to play a major part. Yeah, hopefully. And there seems to be pretty good talk around the traps about the redevelopment at Highmarsh. There's been, I've yet to hear anything negative about it, which is great news. So it'll be interesting to see the crowd there Friday night. Absolutely. Baseball, mate. Yeah, Adelaide Giants playing the uh, Perth Heat on the 11th of November. Um, we've got a couple of games away from memory, um, looking up at the fixture uh, to start the season. Um, we should go all right. It looks like we've recruited pretty well. Our breeding ground for a lot of players that come to the Adelaide Giants is the Phillies, and they've just got pipped at the post in the um, World Series. So... Things are going all right for the Phillies, so if they can bring some of that over here, we should do all right. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I admit I, I probably don't follow as much as I used to. Now it's down at West Beach, not at uh, Nord. Yep. Uh, I, I was a regular attendee at Nord, but um, certainly still follow the Giants. And, yeah, would love to see them, you know, as we spoke about it, uh, needing a South Australian side to be around the mark. Maybe they could be the I've, one we all jump on. Anyway. Um, the Australian baseball side at the moment is currently overseas playing in an exhibition series against Japan. Um, I haven't seen any results that have come through in the, in the last few minutes, but um, it looks like they're going okay at the moment. Um, it, this is all in preparation, obviously, for the Baseball Classic next year in, in, yep. um, in March 2023. Uh, our group is pretty stacked. Um, we're currently ranked 10th in the world at the moment, but uh, you've got... Uh, Japan, I think, sitting at one. South Korea sitting at three. China sitting at about eight or nine. Uh, and the Czech Republic. It's a tricky section that they're going to have to play. Certainly be fair, more than more than uh, fair competition. Absolutely. And we're hoping to get somebody on from uh, either Baseball SO or the LA Giants just to give us a bit of a heads up on that as well. Yep. Now, sports betting, mate. Uh, some crazy bets. Yeah. Oh, look, I admit I'm not... A betting person in that in that way, but yeah, you do follow it and have a bit of a giggle, and yeah, some yeah. Well, there was a gentleman in the um, ten million. Yeah, you shake your head in bewilderment. You do. There was a gentleman uh, who put his money on the um, Houston Astros to win the World Series at the beginning of the series. He's a bit of an eccentric man. Owns a mattress company, lays ten million US at the beginning of the season for them to win it, and. Lo and behold, the Houston Astros win the World Series and he collects a cool $115 million. Ouch. Yeah, that's incredible. That's, uh, that's, that's taking it to a whole new level and, yeah, I, I can't believe it. Uh, Scott Uppington, how's your punting going in that regard, mate? We'll, yes. uh, we'll find out as we go along. 
Golf, mate. Yeah, the uh, Live Golf, Cam Smith, earns a $12 million payday uh, in a Teams event a couple of days ago. Chucks a couple of Aussies on his back and just goes absolutely berserk. Yeah, look, I I'm not a yes or no on the on the live golf. Um, I'm you know some people are dead against it. Some are you know, and that uh, I'm not that. But it is crazy money. Exactly, and and look, if if eventually that the uh, live tour and the PGA tour can live in perfect harmony. I think it can only be good for the sport. I mean, it looks like we're going to get more players, uh, more eyes on more players as well. It's great for their sport. It's probably going through a little bit what World World Series cricket did um, back in the day, and they're going through those teething problems now. So it'll be an interesting watch, that one there, for sure. And and Tiger returning to the Greens, uh, it looks like, for a charity event on December the 1st. Oh, look, yeah. Eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. Look, as a terms of a golfer, he's, you know, He's around the mark. He's, yep. a, he's, one, he's, he's certainly one of the all-time greats. But where you rank him, we could sit and debate that the rest of the night. But he's certainly one of the all-time greats and someone we all follow. Absolutely. If it was a slightly warmer night, maybe sit back and have a few drinks and, and, and debate it at length. Uh, cheese platter and away we go. Uh, mate, we've covered a big episode today and we've had a fantastic guest in Michael Aish. And a lot of sport is really starting to crank up now that we're getting towards the back end of the year. And it's making our job a little bit easier to cover some of these subjects and, and we've enjoyed bringing it to you again. And as per usual, mate, we promise to do better next time. Thanks, folks. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.